Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a great show for you this week. We're getting caught up on the Ducks homestand. Uh, you know, the Ducks won that crazy game against the Washington Capitals to finish off their road trip. Then they came home and won three out of four games. So we're going to go over all those. Uh, we have plenty of injury news uh, to get to for you. Uh, Murray's contract extension we're going to talk about. Some of you not happy. Some of you are happy about that. And uh, a lot of trades, too. You know, uh, before the Ducks started this last homestand against Chicago, they did make a trade. Uh, they sent uh, Marcus uh, Pedersen to Pittsburgh for Daniel Sprague. And uh, Sprague ended up scoring his, uh, you know, a goal in the first game uh, that the Ducks had him play in against Chicago. But before that game started, uh, Eddie, what did you think of the trade? I mean, obviously, we've seen how he's done in these some of these games. But what did you think your initial thoughts of that trade? I think it was a fair trade. Uh, Pedersen gives uh, Pittsburgh that much needed, you know, physical, bigger defenseman on their blue line. I know they've been struggling with, with some of their players underplaying over there. I, I ended up I watched the the game his first game in Pittsburgh when he played against the Avalanche and he, he just seemed like he was just trying to like get you know familiar with the system but he but he looked decent he looked good and I think the Penguins got you know someone they needed and uh Sprong he um fast guy he likes to shoot he loves to score he he just wasn't getting I guess the right situation in Pittsburgh I was reading a lot of comments from fans that that I guess the Pittsburgh coaching staff were just using him in the wrong way. So him coming to Anaheim, it, it's going to just, you know, boost his confidence because he was a new team, a fresh start. And he's going to get the opportunity to play those those top minutes that, you know, our coach likes to, you know, you know change the lineup so fast. And, I mean, it, it worked out pretty well. I mean, he scored his first you know, his first game. It was amazing. And, I mean, yeah, the, the Penguins fans flipped out and were all mad about that. And then, of course, I think the day after, Crosby scores a similar goal and they're all happy again. And, and you know, Crosby's their savior over there. I think this is one of these trades where right now it's just going to wait and see next season, but I think overall it's going to be a, a fair trade for both clubs, and both clubs are going to be happy and like equally happy in, in, in what they got. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it, it's kind of tough in the beginning uh, to pick a winner or a loser. A lot of times when a trade is made, everybody's like, oh, this team won, you know, hands down, or this team, man, they were dumb. Why'd they do this and whatnot? And everybody, you know, gets, uh, you know, one way or another, they, they feel that the trade went uh, in favor of a certain team. I look at this one as pretty even, like you talked about, too. I do think uh, the benefit for the Ducks in this one is you bring in Sprague, a guy that uh, can score and wants to you know skate fast and, and go for the forecheck and whatnot. And I, I think it's somebody that can be a top nine, maybe even a top six a forward, and that's what the Ducks are looking for. And in this uh, first game, you know, against Chicago, uh, you know, it's amazing. He gets he gets the, a goal, you know, just six minutes into the game. Um, Montour scored first, then Sprague scored. Ducks built a 2-0 lead in this game. Of course, the second period reared its ugly head. We know the Ducks have had trouble with second periods in the last couple seasons, and it happened in this game. They ended up uh, giving up two goals, but then they came back in the third. Casse uh, getting a goal and Silverberg getting a goal. Both those guys heating up lately, and we'll talk about that uh, with a fan question a little bit later in the show. But I, I, you know, this wasn't the best game overall, but I still liked it, Eddie. Uh, it was a good start. Yeah, they got behind, or not behind, but you know, they uh, they you know let uh, Chicago tie it up in the second period, kind of let them come back. 
but then it was good to see them, you know, take over in the third period and pull out a win. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Crawford wasn't having his strongest game. He was letting that first goal that got scored. Uh, it, it shouldn't have went in or yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't have went in. He just, he wasn't playing that positional goaltender. He was just letting a lot of things like easy goals go by him. And it, it's cool. It, it benefits us. And thank you. Like, you know, that's good for us. Um, what gets me upset about the ducks. And we had this issue for numerous seasons. And I, I, I don't even know how to fix this. The second period. I don't know why we always break down the second period. We start off strong and the second period comes and it's either going to make or break us either, you know, a team will catch up or be ahead and third period. It's either going to be, we're going to be a hundred percent ducks or we're going to just cruise control and, and lose. But yeah, but overall, I mean, I thought it was a decent game, a good game. They got to win. So, I mean, that's all that matters getting those two points, but yeah, let's move on to the next one learn from that and, and go from there. Yeah, and this one, you know, the Ducks at this point in time had extended their winning streak to five games. Uh, the only negative thing really that came out of this game was Ricard Raquel got hurt. You know, he got taken down at center ice by Jonathan Tabes. And then we later, of course, learned that he had an ankle injury, was seen uh, in a walking boot, and is going to be gone for uh, we don't know how long, but at least for a little bit. Uh, we do know that he's not going to be on this upcoming road trip. And also neither will Fowler, who we all know Fowler was not scheduled to be back uh, probably till January, but has started working out. So he's getting there. So they're going to be out without both those guys for a little bit. And uh, in this homestand, the Ducks then turned uh, without Raquel into uh, the game against the Canes. You know, they had just beaten uh, Carolina on the road trip. So you thought, okay, the Ducks could extend the winning streak and take out Carolina and they actually had a decent start to this game you know uh, Silverberg as we talked about getting hot he had a shorthanded goal and the Ducks had a one nothing lead after the first period but then after that uh, like Eddie and I have been talking about the second period uh, you know the Ducks started to not play as well they they ended up only giving up one goal in the second period but then in the third they ended up giving up you know three more and they ended up losing this game four to one kind of disappointing you, you know the way the Ducks started out this game you thought that they had a chance uh, you know, to uh, extend that winning streak. Uh, but they just couldn't do it. And it seemed unfortunate. They gave it two quick goals early in the third period. And it looked like they just couldn't recover after that, Eddie. Oh, no. And it just, I think that that goal by Bishop, that, you know, controversial goal got scored. It just kind of sucked everything out of the Ducks. Now, we started off strong. I had to give credit to Silverberg. He went on that breakaway. He missed. Uh, usually players, you know, kick themselves in the butt. And, and kind of like, you know, just kind of skate around like, damn, I missed that. But he 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 missed, but he got right back in the play, and it, it helped out for him. It paid off. He had a goal. Ducks scored first. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, you know, hopefully since the last time we played the Canes, they pretty much dominated everything, and we stole a win. So I thought it was going to be a little different. But that goal in the second period killed us, and it seems like the Canes just, you know, put their pedal to metal and scored three goals and didn't look back, and, and they outplayed the Ducks. I can't be too mad that the icebreakers. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean the Canes. Sorry about that. I, their little antics made me think of the movie Slapshot too. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm thinking. You know, I'm not that mad about this loss because we, we should have lost last game against the Canes and we stole a win. And there, there was no business why we, we should have got that win. They were outplaying us the entire game and we just got lucky and and scored. We had good goaltending, of course, and, and came back. So I mean. Splitting these one on uh, one for one this season, the way we played against this team, I'll take it. I mean, hopefully they'll learn from it. Hopefully they'll bounce back. But I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm content with with this loss. I'm not like kicking, you know, all oh, the ducks this, the ducks that. I mean, especially after that first game. So, I mean, I, I'm content, and I think if that bishop goal would have got overturned or wouldn't have been a goal, it probably would have been a different game. But I mean, it is what it is, and the rest is history, and we just move on and learn from that. Yeah, that goal that was scored in the second period, it was kind of interesting because at first you thought maybe there was a penalty that was going to be called. And that it wasn't going to count, but then the puck went in before the net came off the mooring. So kind of a weird situation there and that it ended up counting. Um, And like you said, I think the Hurricanes did get some momentum. The the thing that kind of bugged me in this game was the shots again. The Ducks got outshot 36 to 19, but they, they did good on the penalty kill, but they couldn't execute on the power play. You know, they did have a five on three to try to get back in this game in the third period. And they, they couldn't even get a, a freaking shot on net or, uh, you know, any quality chances during that five on three. It was a little over a minute that they had. So that kind of bothered me was the, the, the power play in this game. I really thought they could have at least got a goal. You know, they were down three to one. They could have made it three to two. It would have been somewhat interesting. So that part of it. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Mike, I mean, when you uh, only shoot four times in the third period and your opponent's shooting 15, I mean, of course, the chances of you going to win the game is really slim. I mean, you got to shoot more. You, you you can't come, you know, in the third period like that and just throw four shots toward the net and hit the net, and, and that's it. it it's not going to work out in your benefit. I mean, yeah, you might get lucky sometimes. You might get a good bounce, but, I mean, four shots to their 15 in the third, that, that's... Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's what I was getting at. They couldn't even do it five on three on the power play, and they couldn't do it in the you know rest of the period. So, like you said... um, you know, that third period, they had the chance, though. They couldn't do it, but they didn't sustain enough pressure at all in that period. And, yeah, I mean, they kind of deserved to lose this game. You know, they couldn't really get anything going to uh, get back into it. So the winning streak ended. Uh, Silverberg did pick up his 100th regular season point in this game. That was probably like the lone bright spot in it. Uh, you know, he has been playing a lot better, as we had talked about. And... Um, uh, Raquel was still out. Obviously, he was out from the last game. So the Ducks then went in to the next game against the Devils. And <laughs> this was, was probably one of the wildest games, along with the Dallas game too, Eddie. Uh, six goals scored uh, just in the first period. <laughs> so if you're watching this game uh, live, you're probably going nuts in the beginning because uh, f- former Duck Kyle Palmieri scores uh, just a minute 38 into the game. And then uh, Silverberg and Sherwood score in the next, you know, minute and 10, 12 seconds or so. Paul Mary scores again, and it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Um, the Ducks uh, end up rallying this time in the third period. And it looked like they were actually, you know, going to pull out this game in regulation, Eddie. Uh, unfortunately, uh, da- uh, excuse me, the uh, Devils pulled their goalie and got an empty net goal to tie it up. Ended up going to overtime, but the Ducks did pull it out. Gets off. With a goal and Sprague, as we talked about, the newcomer uh, getting a, a, just a filthy shootout goal with that little uh, shoulder fake. And uh, the Ducks ended up pulling up this one. But, man, uh, like that Washington game on the road trip, this this game was crazy. Eddie, just goals everywhere and, like, just momentum shifts left and right throughout the whole game. Oh, yeah, I apologize. I was choking on my beer because I, I don't understand how a team can score eight goals and lose a game. Devils scored eight goals, including three on themselves, and lose it. I mean, thank you, Devils, and thank you, Green. I, I mean, I, I don't know if he, he's trying to make a statement. He wants to be traded to the Ducks. and But you're, you're swatting the puck into your own net. Like, I understand getting it away from the net, but you're, you're swatting it into your own net. 
Like, I, I'm not sure what was going on there. I mean, I'm glad I, I would send him a thank you card if I gave a crap about him. Maybe I will just for the fun of it. But, I mean, either he wants to be traded to the Ducks. He doesn't know how to play hockey. Or maybe he wants to just be an Angels player and wants to be traded to Anaheim Angels. Or, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Anaheim Angels, whatever you call them. But I I, I just, uh, oh, man, I, I just can't believe. It. And I'm glad. I, I'm glad we had that luck. And you know what? I think it's our luck. And then Schneider is luck, too. Schneider hasn't won a game in almost a year. He went on a losing streak before he got his injury. And he still came back. He came back and still hasn't won a game. He's looking for. I mean, they're playing tonight. It's Friday. They're playing tonight, and we'll see if he gets a win. But I think it's almost been over a year since he had a, a win. And it just you know, the luck of the draw for him. And then your teammates are one goes off your glove. And Sherwood. Oh, Sherwood's. Oh man, what an amazing play. He he brought that goalie all the way to the corner and slicked a nice little pass. If that didn't hit the Devils player's uh, skate, someone would have got a goal. That would have been a beautiful play. I mean, but unfortunately for the Devils and Schneider, he just, I don't know if he uh, walked under a ladder or broke a mirror or what's going on with him, but he needs to keep a rabbit foot in his glove or something. But, I mean, I'm glad the Ducks rallied off that. And, I mean, yeah, it was a wild game, and goals were just getting scored back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, I'm glad that we ended up getting a win, and I'm glad, you know, the Devils helped us out. Uh, I think Palmieri still likes the Ducks too. Uh, what I was upset about this game, um, I noticed that the Ducks were doing, they let their Devils players just hang out in front of the net with no net front presence. They're just no physical play. Palmieri's sitting there, has all the time in the world just to shoot and score. Like, you know, he's he's asking, you know, our goalie out to a date or something. It's all the time in the world. No, you get someone in front of your net, you get bodies on them, and you clear them, make it hard, make them earn that goal. But no, it was just a few of the goals that just – Devils players were in front of the net, and they get the puck easy peasy. And it shouldn't be like that. Ducks need to focus on, on clearing the net and and getting that you know that support for their goaltender, and not just being you know complacent and just kind of doing with the, the motions. Like just play that position, and you see someone in front of the net, clear them out. Period. Yeah, I mean, and that was something that was an issue in this game that uh, it led to another injury too. Uh, you know, Mahura was trying to uh, take Tyler Hall out, and he ends up. Uh, you know, crashing into Miller as well. And then, of course, we find out that, you know, Miller has to leave the game. Gibson has to come in uh, to finish it off and, then, of course, get, you know, pull out the win uh, after the fact. But we then learned later on that Miller is going to be out for six weeks with a knee injury, uh, which necessitated a whole bunch of things that happened right after the game that we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, like you said, uh, you know, you're down to one goalie now. You're down to Gibson as your main guy. And you got to worry about that. You got to worry about clearing out the net and not, uh, you know, letting them get frustrated in the front and, and crash in there. We saw Gibson earlier in the season, you know, when he got frustrated, put the guy in the headlock and all that, which was was crazy. It was unnecessary. Uh, you know, I, I understand his frustration on that part, but it wasn't necessary in the point of letting it get to that level. So the Ducks lose Miller at least six weeks. They do win this game. Um, you know, they did outshoot the Devils barely and they, they outdid them in the faceoffs. But like you said, they got a little bit of luck. You had uh, former Duck uh, Ben Lovejoy helping out. One of one of the uh, goals went off his glove and in. So that helped out too. So we can thank him for a goal. Uh, like you said, Green knocking one in as well. So, I mean, you know, there was, there was some breaks there that the, the Ducks got and they ended up pulling up this game. And then what happened afterwards is a little bit of a frenzy the following day. The Ducks made some more trades, not big trades, but they sent defenseman Stephen Oleksii 
uh, to Toronto for Adam Cracknall. And then they also traded uh, Eddie Richards' favorite player, Future Considerations, for goalie Jeff Glass. So they made some moves like that. And you're like, okay, they made some minor trades. You know, you know Raquel's going to be out, so they're getting some more depth at forward. You bring in Glass, another goalie, because uh, now we find out Miller's gone for six weeks. So you're like, okay, you know, we'll go with that, see what happens. You know, kind of, kind of, you know, not a big deal. A few little things going on, but then I thought the interesting part was then the Ducks. Uh, the following day, they go up and pick Chad Johnson. Uh, off waivers, aka Ocho Cinco. If you <laughs> you you know the football player, he uh, he had a funny tweet out there. If you missed it, talking about how he was thankful that Anaheim was giving him a chance, uh, which I found hilarious. But what did you think of all these moves, Eddie? Uh, you know the Ducks won that game, lost Miller, and then they make a couple trades and they pick up Chad Johnson. Uh, how did you feel? A lot of minor stuff going on, not big stuff, but at least the Ducks, you know, doing something. Well, I was really upset that the Ducks would even consider trading uh, future considerations. He's been the heart and soul of the team, leads the team in, in every stat possible, and he's been a good value to our team. So that that kind of got me upset. So kidding, by the way. Um, the minor little trades, it's just going to help the AHL out. And I think, you know, both teams got something they wanted to help their, their AHL out. So it, it, that's cool with that. Um, Chad Johnson coming in. I think, you know, it helps, you know, not rush a goalie from uh, one of our prospects that are, are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to, you know, develop slow in the right way. It's, for goalies, it's harder. You can't just throw someone in there. It's rare you, you throw a goalie in there and he's like NHL ready. I mean, I would hate to see them having to use one of our, you know, our prospect goalies, our rookie goalies, and him get lit up and just, you know, kind of, you know, demoralizes them and stuff. Or, or, or any goalie that's having a good season or decent season in the AHL. Just, you know, I wouldn't want to see that at all. So it's good to bring him. Maybe a change in scenery is going to help him play a little better. I know it, it's going crazy over there in St. Louis, and we'll discuss that a little later. So, I mean, I, I mean that was cool. And it, the Ocho Cinco thing, yeah, I'm going to admit this. Like, I'm so un-American. I don't watch any other sport but hockey. So when people kept saying Ocho Cinco and – I actually had to Google the, the numbers too. I know I'm, I'm Hispanic, and but I don't know any Spanish, so I had to actually Google that too. And that's kind of embarrassing to admit, but that's fine. But once I finally Googled it and found out I was a football player, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty funny." That was, that was really cool of him to, to you know do that, like the humorous thing. So I mean, overall, I like what we did with the whole minor trade. Maybe it sets up something different with those future considerations things. Which I mean, I, I wish they would just go in detail what that means, but. Yeah, um, and Chad Johnson, I think it's a decent pickup, and I, I think he'll have better success in Anaheim, and he can help out, you know, Gibson, and hopefully we don't rely on Gibson too much, and and give that trust in Johnson and build his confidence up. You know, he's I'm pretty sure he's happy to get out of St. Louis and and start somewhere fresh, and hopefully he just you know can fill that role while Miller's gone, and and be a, a good backup for us, and steal some games and, and do that, and. and you know, if not, we can actually get a Ocho Cinco and maybe he wants to play goalie and we'll try him out. That'd be pretty funny to see, too. <laughs> well, the thing with the the hockey player, Chad Johnson, is I have mixed feelings about this. I mean, obviously, Miller went down, so the Ducks, you know, had to do something. I, I mean, if you look at his career numbers, they're not that bad. Um, you know, save percentage is uh, 9.09 and goals against is 2.69. Not terrible. You know, he's bounced around a lot of teams. He's been on the Rangers. Um, he's on uh, Phoenix, obviously now Arizona Coyotes, uh, Boston. He's also been on the Islanders, Buffalo, Calgary, and St. Louis. So he's been on a lot of teams. But a recent play, 
uh, hasn't been as good. In St. Louis, uh, his save percentage was 88.4, uh, and then uh, 3.55 goals against. So not as good this last season, but then again, we are talking about St. Louis and then all those issues they have, which we'll go into later when we talk about our league news. So, you know, I, I, I'm happy that they did get someone that's at least decent. I, I think he'll be okay as a backup. I think it's going to be interesting because, at least in this upcoming road trip, the Ducks are going to have Columbus, uh, Pittsburgh, New York, Boston, Buffalo, and San, uh, San Jose. But they're going to have Pittsburgh and New York back-to-back. So I wonder what they're going to do in that situation. We know Gibson, when he's played Pittsburgh, has not done well. So I, I wonder if they would put Chad Johnson in against Pittsburgh and then Gibson in against New York. Uh, you know, They may do the other way around. But so I wonder how they're going to work out unless they just decide to ride Gibson both games, which brings me to the point that we've talked about in the show before – is that our concern with playing Gibson too much? And now that you have uh, this situation, uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of worried because if the Ducks lean on Gibson too much in this next six weeks, and then he gets hurt or something happens, then you know what what are they going to do? Uh, you know, it, that's the killer to me because the goaltending is the one thing that's been consistent this whole season. We know that Miller and Gibson are always there; they rarely have an off night. And they've been the ones that have kept this team going. And obviously the reason why the, the Ducks have been, you know, now uh, in the top, you know, three spots basically in the Pacific Division lately, depending on, you know, who's playing on what night. But the Ducks have been up there uh, regularly. So that's kind of my concern, Eddie. I do like bringing in Chad Johnson. Like I said, it wasn't doing so well in St. Louis, but overall in his career, decent as a backup. So I'm curious to see, though, how, how the Ducks are going to, you know, try and work this out uh, in the next uh, month and a half. And you never know with Johnson. Like, he could be a, a Devin Dubnik. He just got passed around on waivers. No one wanted him. He finally gets picked up. You know, it ends up in, in Minnesota, and he's just destroying it. He's, you know, people consider him an elite goalie or a, a top-tier goalie. Maybe this will, you know, spark something in Johnson, and he'll, you know, f- get that role. And, and I, I hope we have an issue where we have too many goalies, too many good goalies, and we have to trade one. I mean, that's always a good thing to have. And, you know, I, as much as I hate the goalie debates in Anaheim, I, I hope he gives Gibson a run for his money, and, and it's only going to make Gibson that much better. Um, I don't know. I, I still think even though Gibson didn't have that well, hasn't been playing well against Pittsburgh, uh, give him that chance again and let him prove himself. I'm pretty sure he wants to have a good game. I mean, that you know, he hasn't really played well against them, and maybe he just had extra motivation. And definitely don't want to start him. Like, I don't want him starting back-to-backs, like you said. I mean, I don't want him to get burnt out. I mean, you have to give him some time off. Yeah, he loves playing, like just like everybody else. But I mean, too much of a uh, too much of one thing is always a bad thing. Like you, you give someone that 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 many games, it's just gonna get kind of old. You're gonna get complacent. You're just gonna get tired. And and the injuries too. I, I wouldn't want Gibson to go out. Like if, Gibson, if Gibson gets injured, I don't know what I'll do. Like it's just gonna be like the Ducks are just gonna. It's like somebody jumping off a plane with no airbag. I mean, chances are you, it's not gonna end up well for you. I mean. So I, I think, you know, I think bringing in that goalie, it's been bounced around. Hopefully, you know, it end up something and you know, he'll spark something, especially coming from St. Louis and everything that's going on over there. I think the only good thing about St. Louis is the puppy thing, and I'll talk about that later. But, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there, and hopefully he can get some starts in and relieve Gibson so Gibson gets some rest and stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. If Gibson goes down uh, right now with Miller out in this six weeks, uh, yeah, we're going to be in some serious trouble. Um, you know, like I said, I, I like Johnson's overall numbers throughout this, uh, his career. They're not terrible, but 
I mean, you know, trying to replace uh, Miller and Gibson. Um, you know, they've been talking about them being, you know, the best tandem, uh, combined uh, goalie tandem in the league, and, and now you're missing one of them. So hopefully we don't miss Gibson and he stays, uh, you know, healthy as well. And, you know, to finish off this uh, homestand, the Ducks then face Dallas in another wild game, Eddie. Uh, the Ducks had lost the first two times against Dallas, um, giving up four goals in each game, or excuse me, five goals in each game, uh, losing to the Stars. But this one started out uh, good for the Ducks. Akase scored, and, and it looked good in the end of the first period. The Ducks were up one nothing, And then as we talked about, those ugly second periods came back to haunt Anaheim again. And, you know, Dallas has kind of had the Ducks number in the second period. In the uh, previous two meetings, uh, Dallas has outscored the Ducks 7-2 to two in those second periods. And in this game, uh, this third and final matchup, they outscored the Ducks three goals to one and, you know, carried that uh, four to two lead, uh, uh, or excuse me, three to two lead uh, going into the uh, third period. And it looked like Dallas, you know, was in control of the game. But like we talked about some of these games lately, you know, the comeback kids are coming back here and there in some of these games and making a, a special appearance. And the Ducks end up, you know, scoring four goals. You see uh, Kase get a natural hat-trick and his first career hat-trick. Um, Getzoff also gets his 900th uh, career regular season point as well. And uh, just a wild game. Uh, it looked like Dallas was in complete control in the second period like we'd seen in those other games. But finally, the Ducks were able to come back and rally and beat them uh, this time around, Eddie. Oh, yeah. I was real nervous when I first saw this game. I watched the first period, then I had to leave to go play hockey. And the last time I left, it, it was bad for the Ducks. And I, I, it's been a couple times this season where I, I leave during the first period and they just fall apart. So when I get to the rink and then I see, you know, Dallas has, you know, a goal already and they have to score another one. I'm like, oh, man, I'm still feeling bad. Like I start playing. I'm like, it's going to be all my fault. I'm going to, you know, apologize on Twitter, you know, and not try to hide it. And all of a sudden I'm done with my game and then boom, I see 6-3. And Kase gets his uh, natural hat trick. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I love his celebrations too. He just gets so excited to score. You know, just the way he holds the stick. And this is, you know, it was awesome. Uh, and then Montour too. I don't know if you guys caught that. Like Montour runs and like jumps on him too. And he's had a big smile on his face. But this game with the Ducks though, they went down. They didn't give up though. They just, they came back out there. And, you know, obviously with Kase's help, but they were resilient. They, they didn't just didn't, you know, they didn't fall. They got back up and they proved, you know, that what they can do. I mean, especially with Ben Bishop, he's been having our number. Uh, he's been, you know, while well, he was playing a little cocky, you know, that first period when he tried to like, you know, throw the, 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 the puck under his legs and pa- I don't know what he was trying to do. It'd be fancy, but you know, it almost cost him a goal. Oh, I don't know. He's some tennis move. I don't even know what that's called, Mike. We have to think of a name for that. Yeah, just the way he was playing too, way out of position, coming out just out of the net. It it, it came back and bit him in the butt. And, and Montour proved, you know, if you're a goalie, stay in your crease, don't come out. Uh, he gave Montour, you know, especially the way Montour has been playing, you give him an opportunity like that, it, it's going to go in. I'm not going to say nine times out of ten on my cliche thing I always say. That, that's like freaking 11 out of 10 is going to go in if you give him that much space, especially how hot he's been. Uh, I'm glad the Ducks came back and rallied this game and, you know, and, and they – they're resilient. I hope they learn from this. So next time they go down, they can just jump back up and, and know they can come back. And even the third period too, they came back and outshot, which is it's rare. 
seeing ducks out shoot people, but you know, yeah, it's only 14 to 11, but they still outshot them and they still came out pretty big. So I'm glad that we were able to, you know, get up there and, and fight back and earn that win. It was a good win. And, you know, I watched the highlights after since I missed half the game, but still, I still had my head up high. It was like, cool that this, you know, yeah, Dallas, whatever guys, that was a good game. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they came out and took the win. Yeah, the second period was, you know, nervous time again. The Ducks uh, took too many penalties. They ended up uh, giving up uh, two goals there on the power play. You know, things weren't looking good. And I remember I was watching. I was just I was getting livid. I was just pissed because of the way that they had played the previous two games against the Stars and had, you know, just been thoroughly dominated in the second period. And I think that that goal by Kase, his second goal on the night towards the end of the second period, really helped the Ducks because – you know, they went into the third period being down 3-2 instead of 3-1. to one. They got a little bit of momentum back, you know. Uh, it had been all-stars for most of the period. They were on the power play a couple times, uh, you know, getting goals and whatnot. And I think that was a huge play in there for the Ducks. And then, of course, him getting, you know, his hat trick, I think that was just ridiculous, uh, the momentum the Ducks had. The fans all got crazy and got into it. And then Montour scores again a little over a minute. Silverberg scores again on a, on a, on a weird play, a play that got reviewed, which I was nervous about this too because, as all Duck fans know, any kind of play involving uh, distinct kicking motion almost always goes against our team. And uh, in this one, you know, Silverberg had a great chance, but you could tell he uh, had the puck, uh, you know, uh, dislodged from him and it hit his right skate and then his left skate and went in, but there was no kicking on that. So, I was really happy to see them do that. And then, of course, Hampus with the empty net goal as well. So the Ducks were able to, to finish it off. I did think Dallas was pretty ballsy, though. They had over four minutes to go, and they pulled their goalie. You know, most teams pull their goalie, you know, the the 130 mark, maybe two minutes. Maybe sometimes you see even three minutes, but they went crazy. They decided to go for it with over four minutes to go, which, you know, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And also, like you talked about, Eddie, I, I think Bishop – uh, you know, I think he got put in check and I think maybe uh, Hayward and uh, Allers, we should give them an assist because they kept talking about how well he played against the Ducks. And I'm like, yes, please keep talking about that because it looked like it dinged him because there were a series of weird plays in there uh, where he was out of position and could have been scored on multiple times. Like you talked about, he did that weird backhand between the legs pass like he was playing basketball on ice or something. I don't know what the heck that move was. That almost. You know, became a, became a goal, but uh, you know he got out of position too on Montours, and you know he had no chance in that one. There were a couple other times that he was you know uh, messing around with the puck either behind the net or to the side, and he was out of position. The Ducks uh, didn't score, uh, so I, I like what happened in this game. Of course, not the second period, but I like the the response from the Ducks. I think from here the Ducks just got to work on uh, you know playing a complete game. That's been the issue with them is that they have not been able to do that. Uh, a lot of times this season, and and we saw that in some of these games on the homestand. They are playing better, though. You do have to like the fact that they're scoring more goals. You know, the big issue had been with uh, this team that they weren't able to score. They're one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. They used to only average uh, just over two goals a game. They're now up to 2.55, which, you know, it's still in the bottom of the league. It's not great but hey when you're you're scoring barely two goals a game and now you're up to two and a half goals a game uh you're doing a lot better and in this homestand they scored 17 goals in the four games they did give up 11 but you know the offense is coming more alive eddie and i think that's a big thing i think bringing in sprog help with the speed uh for check and, and willing to score so i think those are good some good things that happened on this team and i think these are some of the fan questions too that we can kind of 
we can go into them now, Eddie. Uh, I kind of touched on it already, but, you know, we had uh, a couple people ask, you know, why is the team doing better? Uh, we had Corey Hansen ask about, you know, the big turnaround the last, uh, you know, few weeks, uh, the scoring and, and getting on a winning streak. You know, they've won seven of their last eight games. And we also have Mike uh, Davis. He asked about it too, you know, the Ducks, you know, have they improved? Are they more realistic for the playoffs? We can kind of go into those. But uh, what do you think about this team? You know, they're not playing perfect, but, you know, they're, they're winning more games. They're scoring more goals. Um, you know, what do you think? What do you think this team is doing at least a little bit differently offensively because they've come alive lately? One of my main things uh, is confidence. I think this team is playing with a lot more confidence now. Um, that road trip, I think, really helped them, especially a game against Washington. Uh, that, I want to say like 99% of fans – not just Ducks fans, but every fan probably saw the score. I'm like, oh, it's done. The Ducks were resilient, and they came back. And I, I think they're just, you know, they're shooting the puck more. They're not trying to, to overthink things. They're playing a little bit more physical, which I like. They're, you know, they're finishing their checks, which, you know, creates some kind of, you know, scaresome for other teams where, you know, knowing that you're going to get hit, so you make a, a stupid pass or you make a, a, a premature play. And it leads up to a turnover or you're not getting that time to have your opponent set up and potentially, you know, pretty much have a pretty goal. So I think the physicality has stepped up a little bit, which I really like. And I mean, yeah, I'm real critical of our coach, too. And I want to say that he's been doing a a lot better job. So, I mean, I apologize. But, you know, of my criticism, I, I, you know, I was wrong about when I talked about he's not willing to adapt to variable change. But it seemed like this road trip and things weren't going well sometimes. But he was just changing lineup and putting people together and it was clicking. Like he found the, the chemistry within players and it really helped out. But I think the main thing was just the, the ducks had this, just this, this swag and confidence. You can see with players look at Montour. If you watch his facial expression, that guy is just living on cloud nine right now. And he has that, that swagger. I want to call it that like, yeah, I'm he, like, yeah, I'm Montour and I'm doing this. And, and his production is, is seeing it. And he has the right to be like that. So I think that that plays a really big part of it. And like you said, you know, the increase in goal scoring too. I mean, and that's helping them improve, obviously. The more goals you score, I mean, the the whole thing of it is just outscoring your opponent. So, I mean, I think they're only going to climb up from there. Hopefully they don't digress and, and go down and start playing that, that same way they were playing. And hopefully they build from this and they use this as a, a stepping tool, a stepping stool to kind of fix and mold the rest of the, their play and play that full 110% hockey overall, not just, you know, here and there. So I think part of it too, is the, the, what you touched on. We talked about some of these you know shows before is that they haven't been as physical. So we're seeing them doing that. And it's not just necessarily getting in fights or, or doing hard checking. Uh, you know, that's part of it, of course, but it's that willingness to go into the corner and get the puck. It's the willingness to get in front of the net and set a screen, or it's the willingness on defense to do the back checking or to, you know, put your body between your goaltender and the opposing forward. And we're seeing them get back to the basics and get some of those things done, which they weren't doing in the beginning of the season. They were playing too much of a perimeter game. Uh, their passing was terrible earlier on in the season. It's gotten a little bit better. Still, still needs some work, but they're getting better in those areas. I, you know, I, I think that's been a huge part of it is the ability with some of these guys now. You, of course, you get Kase back, which is an uh, instant boost. Uh, as we said, he got his hat trick. You get Sprague in there. He gets a goal in his first game. He gets a goal in the shootout. Uh, he's going into the corners. He's skating and flying hard. And those are the things that this team needs to do, and, and they have been doing it a little bit better lately. And I think that's a big part of it. 
the other part is they've been able to come back in games and fight, you know, uh, back and forth. You know, that game against the Devils was, you know, a knockout, dragout fight. And, yeah, they got lucky breaks and whatnot, but they took those chances and ran with them in that game, and they didn't give up. And then, of course, the you know, the Dallas game, like we said, they, they got really pounded in the second period and able to pull it out in the third. So when I look at these questions, I mean, those are some of the things that Corey asks about. I think, you know, to kind of go towards Mike's question about, you know, are they a realistic chance for the playoffs? I think they are. I mean, we talked about it before, them making the playoffs. That's never really been a concern, I think, with this team uh, this season. we've Even before the season started, we thought that they would make the playoffs. It's a question of what they'll do when they get there, which we're a little far off from that. But I think one of the things that they got to definitely work on, Eddie, is the second periods, you know, in these lapses there because – you know, playoff time, you have a bad period, you know, that that loses you a game. And you have a couple bad second periods, uh, that loses you a series. So that's my concern there with this team is they're definitely improving. They're definitely doing better, uh, winning more of these games and whatnot. And they're looking like a much better team being in the top of the uh, Pacific Division now for the last couple of weeks. But I, I want them to still play, you know, a more consistent 60-minute game. Oh, same here. I, 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 I say that all the time, and, and I think we both agree 110% on that. Like just 60-minute hockey is going to win you a game, and if it's not 60 minutes and you get to play that extra five minutes or in over or the playoffs 20 minutes, then play it. And, and if the Ducks, they played a full 60-minute game, I think they'd be higher and dominate teams than they were this season. They wouldn't have that such, you know, that, that lapse they had, that losing streak. And with the playoffs, yeah, I, we, we as Ducks fans, we hold our team to a higher standard. And making playoffs is, is not something we're going to be surprised. Oh, my God, we can't believe we made playoffs. No, it's it's expected of this team to make playoffs. But going to the, the, the Stanley Cup, that should be, you know, our mentality. And, I mean, like every season that starts, I want my team to win the Cup. And that's my mentality. So, you know, season after season, yeah, we win the division titles. We do this, we do that. But we're not, you know, doing anything after that. I mean, I understand that everyone can't be prom king, but just showing up to the dance is, I mean, all I want, all I ask for, it'd be an improvement and not just getting, you know, especially last season getting swept. Uh, This team has some things to work on defensively, and and they still need some stuff they have to work on. Playoff hockey is a totally different ballgame regardless. You know, I know players give it their all in the regular season, but as we all watch, playoff hockey is different. Those bad bounces can come back and haunt you. You playing a 45, 55, a 59 minute game of hockey can come back and haunt you. And you have to be willing to adapt to variable change because coaches will adapt quick and change things on the fly within seconds to get their team that much better. And I really hope Carlisle understands that because in the playoffs before it, he wasn't really trying to do those changes. I mean, this this stretch that he has, he's he was, you know, been doing a lot better, which I applaud him for that. I just hope that he can bring that that same mentality to the playoffs and alter his game if needed. Change it up. You have your own coaching style. I understand it's your style, but sometimes if things aren't working out, do a totally different style. You have assistant coaches. You have you know, San Diego goals coaches. You have other coaches that you have been your mentors that probably have a different style than you. You can pick their brain and do something different. So I would like to see that too, but I think uh, the Ducks need to, need to you know, fix some patches before we can go into the playoffs. And I really hope they do because I can see this team, the way they can play and the potential they have, you know, they can go and have a potential to be prom king and, and go to the show. And I just hope that they can just fix, you know, especially defensively. You can't 
just have your goalie just be hung out to dry, especially in the playoffs. Because if Gibson goes down like we talked about, you know, knock on wood, I hope he doesn't. I'll show up to your door and crying in the basket, Mike. But, I mean, you can't just have your goalie making 40, 45 saves in the playoffs night after night. It it gets burned out, especially you don't have that much breaks in the playoffs. You, you know, I mean, you play a game, you have a day off, but you're at practice and you're at a game again. It's it's going to be hard nose physical hockey, and I hope the Ducks just rise to that level and play that level of hockey. And if they do and they don't win, at least you know I'm so proud of them. They they showed up for 60 minutes and played that hard nose hockey and gave it their all. Yeah, I mean that's all you can really ask for. The only other real part of this equation, besides you know scoring on offense and avoiding injuries. And then playing better defensively would be whether or not the Ducks do any kind of major trades. Obviously, the uh, the trade deadline, uh, it's, you know, it's coming up. It's still a little bit of a ways. We're only here in December, and it's not till February. But you know, we had Andrew ask us, you know, if the Ducks uh, any trade targets that they would go after. And I mean, it's definitely a valid question. I mean, it's kind of a tough situation, as we said. You have Corey Perry on the uh, long term injury reserve, so anybody you get. Uh, you know, when he comes back, which is supposed to be uh, before the trade deadline, you know, his cap gets reapplied. So that's kind of an issue there if you're going to try to, you know, bring in a, a big name guy. But I think with this team, it's kind of tough uh, if they are going to try to make some kind of bigger trade as opposed to, you know, all these little moves that we've seen, these little waiver pickups and everything, which obviously uh, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute uh, who's been doing well and, and not so well. But we know that picking up Aberg has been great. I mean, he's leading the team in goals. So, you know, some of these little things have worked out in the Ducks' favor. But as far as making trades, I, I think it's tough. The Ducks are not in maybe the best position, Eddie, because if they're going to do it, they're going to have to trade – uh, you know, I, I just within their means, basically. And, and I threw out some names before and, the, and some other writers have thrown out names too. But you look at the guys that might be up there, you know, Andrew Cogliano is one of them. Uh, Silverberg uh, being, you know, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Uh, you also have Montour who's been on fire lately as well. But you have those guys that are all in that $3 million range. And, you know, maybe the Ducks do try to go out there and, and do something, uh, you know, if they – try to make a better scoring option or whatnot. But I think it's kind of tough. Uh, you know, Silverberg's been playing better. Montour's been playing better. Uh, Cogs has been kind of iffy here and there. But uh, if they're going to go out and look for some forwards, at least, like say they're trying to improve the offense, some of the names I looked at we can talk about. I know you have some names too, Eddie. Is um, You know, I looked at, and, and you can check these out. These aren't necessarily ones that I've heard the Ducks are looking into. These are just names that I'm looking through in the $3 million range. That would be, you know, close to the Ducks ballpark. But some guys you could add, maybe Brian uh, Russ from Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he's got uh, 10 points, four goals, uh, a great bottom six uh, forward, a lot of the playoff, uh, you know, success um, in the recent couple uh, seasons here. Uh, you've got Michael Grabner, another guy that's name has been mentioned before. He's got six goals. Uh, Sam Reinhart might be a little bit more costly. He's got eight goals and 18 assists. And Anthony Matha uh, over in Detroit as well. So, I mean, those are some of the forwards I throw out there. Maybe if they were going to trade a Cogliano or something like that, or maybe if they thought Silverberg was going to cost too much to resign. Uh, but those are some of the forward options out there, Eddie. Um, what are some of the names that maybe you would think that, you know, if the Ducks are going to try and improve not just their play, but by bringing in personnel, who, who do you think uh, are some uh, players to look for? I like the Grabner thing you mentioned, that he's not, you know, he, he's something that, I see uh, our GM willing to do. He, he's not that like that big of a, a blockbuster player. It's going to like, sh- you know, make shockwaves around the NHL, but he has the speed and he likes to shoot a lot and, you know, and then the speed and, and he's physical too. 
And I mean, that's one player that I, I would like, but depending on what we you know, send over there, I mean, if it's like a Montour for Grabner, then no. I mean, I think Montour has that, you know, he's on fire right now. And apparently he's a superstar. And I'll go ahead and retweet that on Ducks and Pucks if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. I'll retweet that in a little bit. Uh, some of the names I looked up that I would like to see on the Ducks is uh, Nyquist from Detroit. He's at $4.7 million right now, a cap hit. He's an unrestricted free agent next season. So, I mean, there, there could be some stipulations, you know, you know, some some things that we can get him for. And he's, he plays left and right wing. He's having a pretty good season over there. Eight goals, 21 assists. He, he's been on a, a point streak, too. I want to say like five or six games. I mean, that's really, you know, a, a player that I like to see. I'm also, I just want to throw out, uh, since the, the Penguins are shopping uh, Phil Kessel, I mean, it's going to be a long shot, Phil Kessel. I mean, he has an $8 million cap hit, but we we only responsible for $6.8 million since Toronto is still eating up the $1.2 million. You know, he has, uh, you know, he's been playing pretty well, uh, 12 goals, 21 assists this season. Um, he's that right wing, and he'd be something that can instantly upgrade our offense, especially on, you know, on that right wing, and he can play along Getzloff, and we can just see him, you know, I can even see him thrive. Chances of it happening are very slim. I mean, RGM doesn't like to, really make that big of a splash wave you know and i'm pretty sure the price is going to be kind of high on phil kessel and and the penguins will probably end up waiting to the trade trade deadline if they want to move him just to get that maximum you know potential from him and another name i want to throw out and this is totally just just never going to happen it's rare i mean if this happens and i have a chance at dating mortal robbie that's how rare it is but the St. Louis Blues and Tarasenko, I guess they're having a fire sale and they're listening to offers on Tarasenko. As much as I would love Tarasenko to be on the Ducks, be on the Ducks and have you know have him wearing a Ducks jersey, and he'd instantly be you know an elite superstar player and definitely help our team out. It's not going to happen. It's there's too much things to move the cap space, and I'm pretty sure St. Louis Blues are going to want you know they're going to want the S from our Ducks name. So I mean, for a part of the deal for him. So, um, yeah, I mean, Nyquist would probably be one of the ones that could probably work something out and can benefit and, you know, can probably think thrive on our team and be good. But then again, our GM doesn't like to make those big splashes, those big moves. He likes to make the low key moves. And, and you know, some of them have been paying dividends. You have, you know, Auburn come in off waivers. You know, he got traded from Nashville. Edmonton just kind of like tossed him away, didn't really want him. And we picked him up and he's thriving. So I, you know, I'll be happy to see some of those lower key signings are gonna are gonna you know pay dividends for the Ducks, and we won't have to pay them like an arm and a leg or give up you know the S part of our name to get them. So I mean, those are the names I have, but but Grabner for sure. Like I, I would love to see Grabner in a Ducks jersey and see what he can do. I mean, I I think I thought about this before, and you and I talked about this, and that was one name that that really stood out to me and. It's you know it could be a possibility that that trade could happen. You know, there's no rumors or anything. It's just based on what we're looking at and what we discussed and what we saw. But I mean, that's probably one of my favorites is is someone to bring to the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this team, part of it, you know, obviously has to deal with the injuries too. So you have Raquel that's out. You know, like we said, he's not going on the road trip. Yeah, Patrick Eves that, you know, he's still, we don't know what is his uh, return status. You know, he's had the back spasms and the broken ribs. So you got two of those forwards out. You bring in Sprague. He's been a little spark plug, if you will, uh, for these last couple of games. 
But the Ducks may look to bring in another forward, you know, on the defense. I, I don't know if the Ducks really would trade Montour. I know his name was connected out there with Nylander. And, you know, obviously all that went away when Nylander ended up uh, getting his deal done. But I, I don't see the Ducks moving him. I mean, he's had six points in the last two games. He had four points in that crazy game against Dallas, which uh, if you don't know, is that he's the youngest defensive player in Ducks team history to do that. Um, you know, he's just been on a roll. And like you said, Eddie, he's got a lot of swag. So I, I don't see the Ducks going for defense. I mean, the word is, is that Fowler could be back, you know, sooner than expected. Again, he's not going to go on the road trip, but, you know, they're saying that he, he's looking good. So if Fowler can come back, I, you know, I think in either the end of this month or the beginning of January, I, I think the Ducks, the way they're doing, are going to hold on that until he comes back and then go from there. So I don't see him doing anything big, but we throw out those names just because of the price range. You know, those guys are the ones that have been mentioned before and they're in the $3 million range. So if the Ducks are going to do anything, it's going to have to be very similar one-for-one type deal unless they throw in some kind of uh, minor league player or something like that, which isn't really going to affect the deal that much anyway. So I, I think they stay put and with what they got and with the way that the team's doing so far, uh, you know, I don't see the need just yet. Uh, obviously, when we get closer to the tra- trade deadline, depending on how the injury situation is, which, you know, the Ducks are the number one team with the most man games lost in the league, which is crazy, uh, unfortunately. But I, I think that the way it's going now, that they're going to stay pat on on doing anything major. So I would look, though, at those names. Those are ones that maybe as we get closer to the trade deadline may uh, resurface. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, I think one of the other uh, good questions that we had we, that – uh, actually, Andrew brought this one up too. Is um, you know looking at some of these Ducks players, who's trending up and who's trending down. Uh, I think we'll go with who's trending up, and I'll, I'll throw it to you, Eddie. You know, as we said, the Ducks have won the last seven out of eight. They're getting more goals. Uh, they're in the top of the Pacific Division. Uh, what three players on the Ducks do you um, think are you know trending upward or on a hot streak? Well, obviously Montour. Montour has been just absolutely amazing. Like you said, six points in the last two games, and just. Just, just watching his, you know, his confidence and, and how confident and the swag he has. Uh, Eric Stevens on Twitter posted that he has uh, 16 points in his last 19 games, and he's posting that for fantasy hockey. Then he followed that up saying that he's retiring from posting any fantasy hockey news again. So thank you, Eric Stevens, for the long career in fantasy hockey. Appreciate that and for the insight. <laughs> uh, I would have to say Kase as well. I mean, not just for the hat trick, but uh, 14 points in 15 games. Uh, he, he's lighting up and he's playing, you know, he's playing Kase hockey and, and, you know, I'm glad he came back from the concussion and he's, he's playing some great hockey and he's really been helping our team. He's definitely trending up. And then my third would be a uh, Silverberg, uh, four games, uh, four game goal streak. He, uh, he's, you know, he's tearing it up. He's bringing it up right now. Um, and he's just getting better. It's his contract year too. So, I mean, I, I can see him just, you know, having career high numbers this season. Yeah, I, I agree with all the names that you mentioned for all the same reasons. I think the only other one I'd throw on there is Pontus Aberg. Obviously, leading the team with 10 goals in 27 games has been just crazy. I mean, nobody thought that we would pick him up. You know, and the Ducks actually sent him back down on waivers and brought him back up, and he's just been on a roll. So that's the only other name I would add to that list. But, yeah, I mean, you have to look at Kase's recent hat trick, Montour's play. Uh, like like you said, over the last couple of weeks has been uh, great. And, you know, the, the Ducks are, are starting to, you know, get hot. They're starting to score more goals. Uh, like we said, Silverberg's up there. He's second on the team with nine goals. So things are looking a little bit better offensively lately. You know, the Ducks uh, averaging four goals uh, a game just over that in the last uh, homestand. 
So offense has improved. And those are some of the players that we thought were trending upward, uh, as Andrew asked. Uh, what are some of the players that you think might be trending downward, Eddie? Well, I'm just going to throw Miller's name out there since he just got injured. And even before he got injured, I didn't think he had that strong of a game, that game. So uh, obviously his name's going to you know come up to mind first. Uh, Cogliano is another one. Uh, he he's just playing. He's kind of playing inconsistent for me. Like some day, some games I notice him, other games I don't. And he just needs to, you know, he be that factor, you know. And it just is like seeing something something's missing from him. So I, I think he's kind of trending down in that aspect as well. And another one, a big one for me is uh, Ryan Kessler, and I love Kessler. He's he's one of my favorite players. I have two jerseys of him. But he has uh, six points in the last 30 games he's played. And the last goal he scored was November 6th against L.A. It, it's just, uh, you know, and he only, he only has one point after that in the last 17 games. I mean, for the amount of money that you're getting paid and, you know, that that leadership role, you're supposed to lead by example. But you just, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with him. And I'm not sure if he's still injured. Uh, I thought he was 100% when he came back, which, you know, he said he would come back at 100%. Something needs to change with him, and he needs to realize like his game is not going as well, and he shouldn't be content about that. If it needs extra practice, extra work, anything. If not, if he's that hurt where he can't produce, and he needs to like sit out and get better and heal himself so he can be the best person he is. But I mean, his numbers this season are unacceptable, especially how much he's getting paid. Uh, I mean, something something has to be different with him, and and I just hate seeing that from him. He should be one of our, you know, our top producers, you know, that shut down forward that can score, that can score. But I mean, like I said, the numbers don't lie. And I think he's probably one of the number one players I want to pick that are trending down. It's kind of burns to say that because he's one of my favorite players and I really hate talking negative about him. But I mean, something needs to change. He needs to step up. He needs to work harder, get in those dirty areas, fight for the puck harder and get that monkey off his back and, and shoot it off his back if he has to, like, you got to get another goal and start that point streak and be the Kester that we know you can be. I, I think I want to copy that down and I'm just going to tweet it to him because I think that'll fire him up. <laughs> no, but he might beat me up next time he sees me, which I wouldn't mind getting beat up by a hockey player. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We could have a fundraiser or something, <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I mean, I, mean, I, 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 same thing, you know, uh, Kester's one of my favorite ducks too, but he, you know, he's been struggling. He's still been, you know, doing his job in the face-off, uh, he's been winning uh, more than he's been losing, obviously. But like you said, he hasn't, as far as offensively, hasn't been doing as much. So it's been kind of disappointing um, in that regard. And, and the other one for me that's been disappointing, too, has been Ricard Raquel. Uh, obviously, he's out hurt, too, now, just like you mentioned, Miller out hurt and whatnot. But, uh, you know, he's, he's only got five goals in 30 games. I mean, we expected him to you know be up there, especially after last season. So that's been another one for me that's, you know, been a little bit disappointing, Uh you know, I was hoping that he would pick it up. Um, but, you know, a lot of the team kind of disappointed me in the beginning of the season because people weren't scoring goals. So um, that's who we look at as far as, you know, who's going up and down. And we'll see what happens on this road trip. Uh, you know, as the Ducks have a big one coming up here, and we're going to have another show over the holiday break for you guys. But the final segment, or well, actually, we've got two more segments. But the big part, I guess, uh, the Ducks news, really, Eddie, this uh, past uh, homestand was that they extended – uh, Bob Murray's contract for two years through the 2021-22 season. And we did another fan poll for our podcast that we, we've been doing that each uh, show. 
And the fans, you guys are pretty split. Uh, 55% liked the extension and 45% did not like it. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, a lot of mixed comments. A lot of people uh, kind of going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. A lot of people, um, you know, talking about Murray. And if you're not happy, it's because the Ducks have only made the playoffs and haven't gotten, you know, back to the Stanley Cup uh, final since 2007. So there's a lot of that going on. But then, you know, it's kind of the half uh, glass is half uh, full and half empty kind of mentality. Other people are saying, well, this team has been in the playoffs you know, seven of the last eight years. And yeah, they, they got close a couple times, got knocked out. You know, we remember some of those. We're not going to rehash all that. But I thought it was interesting just seeing, you know, the different comments, really back and forth, a lot of mixed reaction. What did you think about Murray getting this uh, two-year extension? I wasn't too happy at first. It just kind of exploded in my face. I'm like, okay, well, what has he done to earn this extension right now? I mean, the offseason, he wants to get faster and, and build with youth, but then he starts signing older players that are slower that haven't really been a factor this season. And I mean, you look at the lineup right now, they're, they're not even in the lineup. So I was kind of like, I hit that dislike button when I, I voted on in the poll that we, we posted, but then you and I discussed it and I'll let you go to, and say the you know discussions we had, but it kind of changed my mind after hearing you talk about it and the factors that you, you post or you told me about that kind of made sense to me. And with the limited qualities out, uh, uh, people out there and stuff, I, I just get upset that, you know, I want him to try and make our team better. I want him to take those chances. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have teams like L.A. and Pitt, Pittsburgh that, that went on the, the ledge and took the chances and they didn't win in cups. And I just wanted to see that from the GM. But after uh, after you told me about, you know, your discussions and, and your thoughts on it. I totally, you know, switched my vote and I, I, I like the extension. So I'll let you go ahead and talk about what you'd set to change, you know, my mind about it. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things in here. I mean, one of them you kind of hinted at it is okay. If you're in the group out there that doesn't like uh, Murray and you think he should be gone, uh, that's fine and dandy. But my question is, is then who is going to replace him? Uh, I mean, which GM is going to come in that, you know, is going to do a better job and get the Ducks to stand the cup. And I know some of you might say, well, hey, Dean Lombardi's available. Hello, he got the Kings two cups. So, yeah, I get that, but I don't I don't think the Ducks are going to want to pay for him. So there's part of that issue is, is who's out there that the Ducks could afford or would want to afford uh, to come in there and replace him. And if you look at the history of the Ducks, they've been a good uh, team. You know, you look at the seasons and, yes, they start out poor in October, November, they heat it up in December and they play well in the spring. And then, of course, it comes April and sometimes May and they get knocked out. So I feel like they've been there. They're just not getting over the hump. And I think that's been the hang up for a lot of people that are against Murray. And I get that. I think Murray has done a great job in the draft. He's gotten a lot of young players and he has done some good moves. I mean, he brought in Adam Henrique, got him to extension. Uh, like we talked about, brought, brought on Pontus Aberg, and what a surprise he's been. And he brought in some other players as well. I mean, Kessler, too, even though we said he's not been you know doing as well, and he got hurt, obviously, which you can't foresee that. But he has done some things, and sometimes you get burned making moves, and sometimes moves work out. But overall, I think he's done a great job. And, I mean, the difference is this team could be in last place and not even have a chance at the playoffs. So every season, we know the Ducks are in it. They're just not quite getting over 
you know, becoming that cup contending team, which is what he talked about in his uh, Q&A session is he said, you know, that he looks at this team now and he says it's not, a, you know, a Stanley Cup championship type team. And I think the part of it that you have to look at that is, is you're probably sitting there going, well, duh, no kidding, Bob. We all know that. But the thing you have to think about is that at least he's admitting it. He's saying, hey, yeah, this team isn't where it needs to be. It needs to get better. So at least he acknowledges that. And I think he's trying to get there. Um, and I do think he, he doesn't say injuries are a necessary excuse, but obviously a lot of that's been factored in, especially now you got Miller down, you're relying on Gibson, which we were kind of worried about. But I, I think if you look at all that, and you look at what he's done, I think that's huge. And I think his track record too, not only in the draft, uh, the regular draft, but the expansion draft in Vegas is a huge thing. And I think that's why this contract was given because that's when Seattle's going to have their expansion draft. So I think the owners want him to get the team through that. And and, and if we do go into rebuild mode later on or, or keep the core, whatever we have at that point in time, a couple seasons out from now, I think he's the guy that they look to that knows this organization and knows the, the teams in and out. And, and yeah, it takes, it takes an army. He's got scouts and staffing that helps him. But I, I think as far as getting the Ducks through these next couple seasons, uh, getting them through the draft and seeing how they're going to do, I, I, I think he's the guy that you got to lean on. Like I said, I, I mean, if there's some other GM out there that that the Ducks would be able to bring in that wouldn't shake up the whole thing and, and make everything too crazy and that would work, I, I think they would try and do it. But I, I just don't see that out there. And I think that you've got to look at the glasses being half full. This team has been in the playoffs. They've gotten close a couple seasons that, you know, they're – they're maybe a step or two away, and they've had a few little bumps in the road here and there. But, uh, I mean, every season you're excited for the Ducks hockey. You know that they're going to be in the top of the Pacific. They've won the division so many times. And, yeah, I know. We don't care about that banner. whoop de doo We want the big banner, obviously. We're also not the National Predators. So, you know, we're not we're going to be throwing all these other banners up there and be cheering about those, of course. But you have to look at the overall picture. And I think if you do that – it's still a good move to have him back there for two years. I, I think the other part where some people get mad too, Eddie, is that he talked about Randy Carlisle and he said he wasn't going to make any changes uh, during the season. He said a lot of it's also on the players too. It's not just the coaching staff. So he's sh- kind of sharing the, you know, not I don't know if you want to say the blame, but at least the responsibility on everybody for this season. And I think that's where a lot of people are upset is that, uh, you know, he's not, he wasn't thinking about getting rid of Carlisle. So that's why, you know, that's part of the, the reason why you would vote no and say, I don't want the extension. But, I mean, what are you going to do? The team's winning now. Like we said, winning solves things, right? They're starting to score goals. He's made a couple minor moves. The team seems to be more energized. We've seen the comeback kids a little bit more. So things are going more in the right direction. I think if they stay that way, I think people will be happy. I, you know, it's just a matter of if the Ducks can go deep in the playoffs the next couple seasons is how they're going to judge this extension that was given to Murray. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, at first, like uh, at first, like I said, I I clicked dislike, had my you know my, my reasons, and I I read you know the, the transcript of you posted on Ducks and Pups that he admitted that you know there, there's issues going on. I mean, the first step to recovery is admit, admission, I think, right? And so like he, he's admitting that, so hopefully that he could you know he can change and make change and be better. What really hit me in the mark, Mike, and and you sold me like whatever you're selling at my door, I would have bought when you said about the expansion draft because that's a big deal and we're potentially going to lose someone and with Vegas expansion draft, he has that experience and he really went through it and we didn't do that bad of a job. We got rid of a a bad contract and just lost shade Theodore. And so, I mean, 
that's not bad at all. And I, I think if Shady or I know a lot of people loved him and I, I liked him too, a great player. I, I still follow him and I still like him, but I think uh, this team right now, if he was still here, he'd be the odd man out. And if we just trade it like a pick just so they can skip us, I mean, we still have, you know, Stoner's contract or, or you know, that going on if it was still valid. But I think he did a really good job of the expansion draft. He didn't panic and he didn't, you know, he didn't overpay, you know, Vegas or he, he, he did it the right way. And and we didn't lose anyone in that significance. That it's really gonna impact the Ducks that much. Shea, De- uh, Shea Theodore is playing well over there. He he's doing okay, but I, I don't think he would have been or had a spot or you know he probably would have been a seventh defenseman and haven't really had that opportunity with the Ducks and he probably would ended up gone anyways. So I I really put my trust in him and glad that he got the extension now that he can handle that Seattle expansion draft because he has that experience and and we're not gonna you know yeah obviously we're gonna lose a player but hopefully it won't. We'll lose a player that bad, or we can, you know, trade someone and get one of our bad contracts, or something that's going to help our team be better. So, Mike, like I said, you sold me on whatever you're selling on my door. I, I bought it. I bought two of them, which I didn't even need. But I mean, just you saying that and you bring that to my attention, thought outside the box. I didn't think about that at first. I mean, that's what's made like made me change my whole decision and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm glad we're going to have them until you know the next extension, and if the Ducks aren't having that success. And like I said, you know, even like being that much closer to being prom King, then we can make a change and go from there. And we'll maybe have some more opportunity and more options as other teams aren't doing that well. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other GMs are going to be losing their job soon. I mean, that's just, you know, is what I'm seeing with the league around, like how, how GMs are handling certain situations, but I mean, we can all just wait and see. Yeah. I mean, and you have to look at this team. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe you're sitting there and you're not happy that they haven't gotten over, you know, the hump since 2007, but this team has been in the playoffs almost every single year since then, you know, only missing it, you know, a handful of times. So, I mean, you gotta be, you know, happy with that. Maybe not content or satisfied. You want more. Of course we all want more, but with what he's done so far overall, I like what he's done. I mean, yeah, he's, He's brought in a couple players here and there. We were like, what the heck was he doing? And certain things didn't work out. But if you notice, he hasn't done anything that's really put the Ducks in a super bad position. I, I mean, the Stoner contract, yeah, that was a little you know, bit of a, a bite uh, there with the money. But then he was able to offload him in the expansion draft. So he hasn't had too many of those situations. Um, you know, I know some people get upset about Perry, but... You know, you look at his contract. How do you know that later on that he's going to not score as many goals at the end? You just don't know that. I mean, player, things happen. So overall, he's not perfect, but I, I'm not that upset. I, I think it's still a good thing to do. As far as the coaching issue, I, I don't know how that's going to re- get resolved after the season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Ducks if they go into the playoffs and get, you know, booted right away. So that that may stir up some more things and some more uh, issues. But uh, as far as that goes, uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the Ducks. And, you know, like we said, a big road trip coming up. But uh, before we wrap up the show, I know there's a little bit of league news you want to get to, Eddie, and then we'll close out the show. Well, yeah, we discussed this the, before uh, Getzloff, you know, scoring his 900 points. Uh, he's actually the second player in the 2003 draft to get 900 points. Eric Stahl leads that draft with 943 and Perry's in third place with 766 points. Um a fun fact, the first overall draft pick in the 2003 draft only has 16 points. Go ahead and look that up and go ahead and comment, you know, on the link or just tag Ducks and Pucks and, you know, let us know what you think about that. And once you look it up, I mean, just go ahead and, and talk to us about that. I think it's pretty funny. 
Also, I want to congratulate Patrick Eves on earning his bachelor's degree. Uh, it's a good accomplishment, especially for a professional athlete. I know their time is really limited. So, I mean, that's a really good accomplishment that he's continuing his education and, and being that professional role model athlete for, you know, his kids and, and all the other future up and coming uh, sports, you know, student athletes that, hey, yeah, because you make the professionals, you shouldn't give up on school. You should always strive to be you know, better. And, you know, he, he's setting himself up for after hockey, too, you know, by getting that education. So congratulations to Patrick Eves for that. As far as other league news, uh, we talked about the Blues fire sale and Tarasenko. I mean, that's obviously the, – the, they're going crazy over there. They they had a teammates fighting each other in practice the other day. It, it was kind of embarrassing. I mean, it went all like – a local news station posted it out on their, their thing about them fighting. Uh, Steve Ott was one of the ones that uh, broken, uh, broke the play up, broke the fight up. Yeah, Steve Ott, uh, a.k.a. enforcer Steve Ott. That's pretty funny. Uh, Nylander, I know we talked about that a lot, but he was the biggest news in hockey and stuff. He was involved in a non-injury traffic collision on his way to the rink. I'm glad nothing serious happened. He's okay. It just, you know, accidents happen. Be safe while you're driving out there, especially in the holidays. People aren't really paying attention too much. Uh, Giordano, uh, his knee incident, uh, he got suspended two games for Neen Koivu from the wild. Um, I didn't believe this is his third time he's been kneeing someone, but of course he's so sorry. He didn't mean to do it. Blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I mean, how many times are you going to say the same excuse? I mean, you fool me once shame on you. You guys know the expression, but this is the third time he's been caught doing this and he only gets two games. And yeah, I understand that he's never been suspended in his whole entire career and only been fine. But I mean, like, come on, George Perils, you suspend Cogliano for sneezing, but you give this guy a two-game suspension for his third, you know, his third player he injured while throwing his knee out. I, I think it's kind of kind of BS, but this is me. And this is how bored we've all been in hockey and how much we're, like, holding on to the game. But uh, Torts from the Columbus Blue Jackets, Mr. Do-What-I-Want and Say-What-I-Want, he showed up to the game in a sweatshirt, a Columbus Blue Jackets sweatshirt. And I guess everyone blew up and everyone was bored, including myself, because I clicked on two different articles to read about him wearing a sweatshirt and I'm still talking about it on this show. So apparently I'm boring, too. But he was having the flu. He wasn't feeling well and he didn't want to, you know, just stay back. He wanted to keep warm, but he wanted to still be on the bench for his team. So, I mean, you know, that that was pretty funny to see. And then, Mike, I actually have a joke for you. And I don't know if you want to humor me, but knock, knock. Who's there? Red Wings. Red Wings who? Red Wings actually won a first-round draft pick for Jimmy Howard. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, good luck with that, guys. Uh, maybe Edmonton. Uh, they might give you a first round for him, but uh, you're not going to get a you're not going to get a first-round draft pick for uh, for Jimmy Howard at all. It, it's just it's crazy to see. They may be asking for that. I, I understand the business of it. Yeah, you're going to start off high and see if someone bites. And then you'll start, you know, going low for that. But yeah, I think that was pretty funny when I read that. I, I had to re- read it twice, and I thought that'd be a, a good joke to end my league news with. <laughs> I think the the thing I want to look at is uh, the the whole torch thing with the sweatshirt. I got. I we were talking about this uh, before uh, we did the show about coming up with some kind of design, uh, some kind of suit that maybe would uh, you know be a, a warmer type of material maybe with the logo on it that would be classy enough to where people wouldn't get upset or something. I don't know. Kind of an idea. But, you know, anytime it's torts, you know, there's going to be some kind of action, you know, whether it's throwing stuff or yelling at people in the locker room or who, who knows. 
always the center of attention. And uh, it's going to be fun to see the Ducks. You know, they're going to take on uh, Columbus to start this uh, road trip coming up here. And like we said, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. You know, they're going to face uh, Pittsburgh, New York back to back. And then you got Boston, Buffalo, and the uh, Sharks after uh, Christmas. So we're going to try and do another show probably sometime after the Buffalo game uh, during the holiday break, somewhere in there. Uh, so look for that. We also do have a watch party coming up for that last game on the 27th against San Jose. So we'll be at El Ranchito in Orange. Have lots of giveaways as we usually do and have a lot of good time, good food, good drink as well. So hopefully you can make it out to that. And uh, lastly, don't forget about our Patreon website. Uh, patreon.com slash ducks and pucks uh scott mitchell won a 200 uh, gift card to cool hockey so he can go buy a ducks jersey or any jersey he wants and we also gave away tickets to the chicago uh game that the ducks had this month and we're also going to give away uh, tickets to the game against tampa on new year's eve so if you want to see the ducks in action then you could sign up uh even if you sign up for just uh the lowest level which is one dollar uh, you have a chance to either win the gift card or tickets to a game, and that's every month you can have that chance to win. And we're going to be giving away other stuff as well, like tickets to the Scott Niedermeyer retirement game, including an autographed Scotty Niedermeyer stick as well. So look for that. So if you haven't signed up, please do patreon.com slash ducks and pucks, and we appreciate everyone that supports us uh, right now. So with that, um, you know, enjoy the holidays. Hope you have a happy and safe Christmas. Uh, we'll hopefully have this show, next show for you around that time. And let's go Ducks.